Hello there. Welcome to Ring Football with me, Tony McSherry. I'm pleased to say that joining me today for Evering Football's 2020 year in review is Conliffe McSherry and Brian McSherry. Thank you very much for joining me, guys. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, great to be back on. Okay then, so 2020, what a year it was in football. Just a quick one to start us off, guys. What would you say, if you had one word to sum up 2020 in footballing terms, how would you sum it up? Just what would you think of the year? Uh, I would describe it just as a roller coaster. Uh, it's been a year like no other, so I can't really describe it, but a roller coaster would probably be a term that would maybe put it in the context if you even could, because it's been such a crazy year. Yeah, and I would say um, just crazy. So, it was like crazy how it actually came back with this off was um clear covid pandemic fantastic for it to see it happen but um yeah i would just say it'd be crazy because like, you know just the whole pandemic and all happening so yeah that's the way i would sum it up like well very good yeah for me i would say badness it has been a very mad year indeed but at least i suppose uh we got the football back after a three month delay which we'll talk about in this year podcast so getting into the year 2020 it started off in the January transfer window, I'd say probably one of the biggest transfers of the year. Many football fans will argue the best one, which was Bruno Fernandes joining Manchester United from Sport in Lisbon. Brand, uh, what impact do you think Bruno Fernandes had on Manchester United? And what do you think makes him such a great player? Um, well, yeah, I completely agree. He's definitely the signing of the year in both transfer windows. Just uh, an incredible player. I mean, coming in the United, we were basically... Um, before the COVID pandemic, we were pretty much on our knees and we had no chance of getting top four. We were so far behind Leicester and I think 15 points behind Leicester and might have been even more behind Chelsea. We ended up finishing ahead of both of them. Um, with Fernandez coming in, he's just, he's just that type of leader that we lacked um, the entire season and he's just elevated us to new levels. I think he's up there with... Um, Messi and Ronaldo as being like the most inevitable player in the world every time he gets on the pitch he expects him to score goals and assist goals and it's just um, unbelievable I think he's finished this season breaking Frank Lampard's record in a calendar year for goals and assists he's got 31 and the year's not even over yet so he could probably even do more than that so he is just uh unbelievable player and he's definitely the the best player to be signed by anybody this season yeah that is a very well said Brian do you think any other signings this year maybe could be within a shape maybe you call it Chelsea of course this summer did sign quite a lot of players the likes of Timo Werner Thiago Silva Kai Havertz or do you think maybe AC Milan signing Zlatan Ibrahimovic re-signing him of course they're top of the league right now AC Milan as we speak which is quite an achievement when you think Juventus have won the league for the last nine years now in a row. Yeah, um, I would I would like to point out about um, Luis Suarez going to Atletico Madrid on a free. I think that's a, an absolute steal. Uh, I couldn't believe that Barcelona would actually let him go on a free because what he'd done for the club since he joined was it five, five, six years ago. It's been incredible. So he has. He's, he's their third all-time top goal scorer or something around that um, area. So... so I was generally um, shocked when they, let, they were actually wanting them out. So I think um, Ronald Koeman says 
listen, you're not my plans. I think the only way for you to go is by leaving. And I suppose you want to go Juventus, didn't happen. But um, they go to Atletico, obviously they're close rivals. So they are. I think that shows um, Suarez's um, nature's competitiveness. And that's what you want within a professional footballer. So... And if you look at Naya, Flago are top of La Liga. They beat Real Sociedad there the other day as well. So, and they've two games in hand as well. So they're flying, so they are. And um, obviously they've qualified for the Champions League this year. They've got Chelsea in the last 16. Like, so, I mean, and Diego Costa, he's actually looking to go next to us. And I think Simone has said to him he can leave now because Suarez has just came in and just um, ripped up. So he has, and he's just taking Costa's place. Like, so I would, I would definitely say maybe Suarez is... Upload within them, um, maybe the transfer this um transfer this season as well. Like, but yes, obviously Chelsea has spent big, so they have um it started off well for Timo Werner at, at the current moment. He's um he's at the crossroads, so he has you know he's um he's lacking in confidence. He's playing out wide as well. So that's not his fault. That's perhaps Frank Lampard's maybe because he's trying to fit in everyone. And then Kai Havertz, he's still found his feet. Obviously he had COVID, so he did. He had a late. A late summer, late preseason suited, and then um obviously with Ben Chilwell as well, he's done well. So he has been a bit injury prone as well the all time. So um I would, but yeah I would definitely say um Suarez is upper with definitely one of the signs of the season of the year I should say. And in February we seen one of the biggest shocks of the year, Liverpool throughout two thousand nineteen twenty season, were on an incredible run. Many tipped them to become invincible, replicate Arsenal's 2003-2004 invincibles under Arsene Wenger. But then came Watford at Vicarage Road. A 3-0 win against Liverpool shocked many football fans. Ismail Assar being the main star in that game. And for me that was yeah, quite a shock indeed. Although of course I think everyone at that point knew Liverpool were going to go on and win the title. It was a great shame we couldn't do an invincible season. But I must say, fair play to Watford, even though they did get relegated in the end with uh, Nigel Pearson. <laughs> well, actually, fair, it wasn't I was a bit uh, happy they got relegated after beating us, to be honest. But yeah, that was quite a shock, that game. Um, just uh, how, how well Liverpool were doing that season um, as well throughout. And it was ha- great that we still won the league by flying colours. But that was no doubt one of the biggest shocks of the year when that happened. And then, of course, a few weeks after that there, Man City go on and win the League Cup for the third year in a row. Do you think now Man City are they just this this cup is just for them now? They're just a few behind Liverpool now as well too in the League Cup or do they just get easy draws? It's a good way to sum it up by getting easy draws as a Liverpool fan, but um <laughs> Yeah, I suppose um obviously they've dominated the cup like but I mean big teams don't really prioritise it to be honest. I mean others would definitely prioritise the FA Cup or even a European run like Look, Leicester, Wolves, they've prioritised that sort of half. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world that they're dominating that competition, like, but, um, I mean, it was just, it's always good for them to win, like, it's always good to win some silverware, like, but I mean, I wouldn't be too worried about it, to be honest. It's just, it's the Carabao Cup, the the League Cup, the Milk Cup, whatever it's called, so it is, the <laughs> forever changing names. So, I suppose it's cities, like, but not the end of the world. As we're speaking about it, Brian, Man United play Man City in the League Cup, a repeat of last season's semi final. In about two weeks' time, maybe less than two weeks. Um, do you think Manchester United can stop them from winning it for a fourth year in a row? Yeah, definitely. If we take it serious and do what City do, they put out their best team when it gets to the final stages. So, um, if we were to do that next week, I think it is. Um, I would definitely beat them. It's at Old Trafford, no fans, just 
it's going to be a shootout like. I think they'll put out a good team, we'll put out a good team. But yeah, if we go through, then it's a final. We could have a chance of playing Mourinho um, in the final, which would be good. But if we go out, then it's, it is only the Carabao Cup. So whatever way, we don't really care. But it's always good to get a bit of silverware. So and especially against City, so I wouldn't mind that ending the record, definitely. And then continuing on with our look back at 2020, Atletico Madrid beating Liverpool was no doubt one of the biggest shocks of the year. Uh, what do you remember from that game, folks? Um, I remember, uh, I think it was, it was during the whole, the breakout of COVID, so it was. Um, Before, pretty much, football was suspended. I think it was uh, Klopp was walking down the tunnel and all Liverpool fans had their <laughs> hands out so they then... It's quite clear what he's saying. Is he saying, uh, your hands away? Yeah, we we can't yeah. say it on the show, probably. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought that was a bit of a funny show. I suppose, um, Liverpool fans aren't really um, aware of the situation, yeah. But, um, yeah, I suppose, um, it was a bit of a shock. Like, I think, um, the first leg was it a draw? Was it? It was, it was uh, one nil Atletico in the first leg, yeah. So, I think Liverpool had a lot, lot to do on their shoulders, so they you know, very busy, but um, I think, um, I think it was your man uh, Lorente. He came on. Lucas Lorente, yeah. He done very well, but I think he's had uh, the keeper Adrian. He was in that, so I think he cost his a few things. Like, but um, yeah, that was a big shock to us. But uh, too much to my delight. Yeah, Adrian at Liverpool is one. I think um, after how well it started for him in his career against uh, in the Super Cup against Chelsea in Istanbul. Now he did the Atletico game, which basically he pretty much did cost us. The tag, because I don't think uh, many people would think that would happen if uh, Alison Becker was in goal. And then obviously again, uh, the game uh, game we'll probably get to as well. Aston Villa beat Liverpool seven two. Um, later on in the year, Adrian again wasn't that that game. <laughs> um, do you think Brian Adrian, especially now with the rise of Kevin Kelleher, um, a Cork-born goalkeeper for Liverpool now, do you think he's played his last game for Liverpool? Uh. I think he should have if uh, if it's not already the case because I think he's been pretty much terrible ever since uh, I think he's been living off that uh, was it Super Cup final against Chelsea where he, he saved a couple of penalties but even in that game he was pretty dreadful he, he made some basic errors but the penalties kind of just made him like a cult hero for a bit but I think Liverpool fans have quickly realised that he's quite useless that's why West Ham didn't even re Resign renew, him, yeah. yeah renew his contract so I think he, his level is definitely like a lower team in the Premier League Um, so I yeah he definitely shouldn't be starting for Liverpool and I'm not surprised that Callagher's even got in ahead of him even though he's got very little experience in any like proper men's football but he's yeah Adrian's definitely no good uh, he shouldn't be playing for Liverpool And just a few weeks after that, Atletico Madrid and Liverpool game in the Champions League. Football came to a standstill after the rise of uh, the coronavirus within the whole of Europe. We didn't get to see football again for another three months. And for it, in that period, Euro 2020 got postponed. Just a quick uh, note, lads, on uh, Euro 2020. Who do you think would have won it this year if it did take place? Um... Good question. You could maybe say Spain. I think under Luis Enrique, he's their head coach. I think they were starting to find a bit of good form. So obviously, the dominating the qualifiers have always got a great team. So do you know the Sergio Ramos, the upcoming kid, and 
Fatsu who plays for Barcelona, he's only 17 like I mean he would have been fantastic at the competition so I would say Spain would have done well I think um, Germany would have struggled, uh, Portugal perhaps maybe as well, France um, could always argue about France like, but I think with Pogba in the team and there was going to be some like, um, there's going to be some um, negative um, media attention towards that so I would say Spain would have probably won but I'm looking forward to this year hopefully if it still goes planned ahead even though it's going to be called still Euro 2020 even though it's in 2021 <laughs> which I find amusing yeah I think it's all the merchandise they've already sold or whatever put out there for the Euro 2020 so that's why they have to do it like that which I know is strange uh, what about you Brian? yeah I would agree as well that uh, Spain are a pretty good team they um, beat Germany who would have been a big favourite as well like 6-0 yeah a couple that was of a weeks big ago. shock this year yeah so I think that would have been a a big shout, but um, I think Portugal are building a very good team. I think Ronaldo will stay for maybe one more World Cup um, and one more Euro, so he, I think they would be a good shout in this final one as well. Uh, but you can never rule out France. Uh, they've won the World Cup and they should have won the Euros before that as well, so they're always up there when it comes to major events. So it should, just, it should be a good tournament anyway once it kicks off. And when football did finally return in June... 2020 we finally got to see our uh, players again our favorite teams again play again after a very long few months it felt like for many football fans out there but this time there were no fans in the stadium as well uh, did you think guys having no fans do you think maybe certain teams in the Premier League benefited from that there especially towards the end of last season yeah definitely I think um, some players actually thrive um, without playing in front of any spectators because obviously it's all still a mental challenge to play in front of a big capacity such as like 50, 60,000 solos so I think definitely players would have um, thrived under that then under those conditions so it was all new to them I suppose Like, but um, yeah it was a bit awkward seeing it I mean it was a lot of people saying it was like pre-season based games friendlies not even though it was um, important games I remember the Champions League when they resumed that sort of did, that was within no fans, the Champions League final itself, no fans, it felt so weird, like, but, I was just glad to see, um, good football, on TV again, live, live football, I should say, as well, like, so, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, can we? Yeah, I agree, it was, uh, it was kind of like a mini World Cup every day, near enough, there was football on, and it was, it was very good, especially going three months without it, you, you wouldn't mind watching, like, Burnley against, yeah. Brighton or something that would feel like a big game even though you went three months without football you'd be like looking forward to that game um and even without fans now like you kind of don't really notice no fans being there anymore it's kind of you got used to it so I think we're gonna need to get used to it as well because I can't see um big capacities coming back uh, anywhere near 2021 even 2022 I think you'd still be struggling at half a full capacity in a stadium anymore and we also seen uh, with um, the death of George Floyd uh, players in the Premier League began to take the knee as well too which was a stand against um, racial prejudice and injustice uh, throughout the world and we also seen the return of the Champions League as well too to complete the rest of the Champions League season probably the biggest shock in the Champions League when it returned was Barcelona and Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich beating Barcelona by eight goals or two. And became a big shock to many. He actually turned out to be uh, Luis Suarez. Last ever game for Barcelona. 
do you think that was a real mark of intent that match? And obviously, we know Bayern Munich go on to win the treble that season. But was that sort of like a, maybe a, cha a new chapter in a way? The beginning of an end of Barcelona's sort of, well, their way of sort of dominating football in a way. Which really, for it's quite, it's been sort of disappeared now for a few years now. I've won the Champions League in 2015. But was it the start now of Bayern Munich who could now go on to dominate European football, do you think? Yeah, I think that is the case because uh, Barcelona haven't won the Champions League since 2015, I think. Um, which is a long time for a club like them. But I think they've been due that type of scoreline because they have been terrible for a number of years. They've been chopping and changing loads of managers and uh, yeah, performance like that, you just you think it wasn't too far away. Um, but to see it happen was quite um hilarious. The amount of times they've done that to other teams and the amount of trophies they've won, the amount of lucky calls they've got. Just yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um can't lie, it was very good to see. Um and I wouldn't mind that being Barcelona's like downfall for a couple of years because every other club's gone for it, so wouldn't mind seeing Barca go for it for um a couple more years longer. But yeah, Bayern Munich are set up definitely um to dominate for a couple of years now. They've got a lot of younger players coming in and uh, a good manager, so yeah, I think they could definitely continue this um great display going forward. And of course in the summer Liverpool finally got their hands on the Premier League trophy after a thirty year wait and added in more few months just because of the COVID pandemic as well so that was quite a unique experience for me I must say uh, seeing Liverpool finally win the league and I also feel like for me um, well I suppose the moment now being top of the league still as we speak and doing this podcast hope we haven't scuttled or nothing like that there but Alvin will win it again this season hopefully as well and I think this could be a uh, start of something very special for Liverpool and that there I think win that last season yeah, that, that was just the uh, perfect way for Klopp to silence all his critics. I feel like what the Champions League was like the year before. We are now seeing uh, Liverpool, the whole team together, are starting to get used to winning trophies now. And the big trophies as well too, because throughout many years before, Klopp was always just a few, maybe a League Cup or a FA Cup. Which in today's game, isn't really what the bigger teams in world football need. It's the Premier League and the Champions League are always the main ones. And I think Liverpool are now a major force to be reckoned with, which is something I think, yeah, uh, something I'll well remember. And I think it's something I'll, yeah, this is just, um, this is the start of something I think under Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> and 